0: Welcome back to the Going In The Distance podcast presented by ImmaculateSports.com. Twitter's at ImmacSports. Instagram is also at ImmacSports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 139. A little bit of a shorter one, but still some good stuff. The usual baseball, basketball playoffs and full swing. Some more predictions on that as Philly's up 10 on Boston right now. Game five. Interesting. Keep that in mind for later. So, yeah yeah Here we go
1: a lot, of, a lot of baseball this this episode i will be saying that uh and i guess we'll just go ahead and hop into the opener with the a's lineup starting to get going primarily looking at friday night's game in kansas city where the a's won 12 to 8 and kyle moeller gets the first starting pitcher win for the a's in the season which is pretty good for them uh but Let's just go through that lineup in the first three or four guys, primarily uh, starting off with Esther Ruiz, who in this game went three for six at the top of the lineup. Next up was Ryan Noda, who went three for four with two walks. Brent Rooker, three for five with the walk. Those three dudes have been absolutely amazing for the A's. And we've talked about this a ton of times, just in, in general and in like PlayStation parties and stuff like that. But this top three is a legit top three. It's not you know, just cause they're bad. These guys are up there. If you took away the names of these guys and you said, just plug them into a team and kind of, how do you guess where, where this team is? You would think this is a pretty solid top three. So better top
0: three than the Mets. And let's talk about that later.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely is right now. Uh, but yeah, just seeing the, those guys consi- get consistent knocks and playing well these last, you know, week or two, even most of the season, pretty much is it, really fun to watch. So, I'm digging what the A's are doing right now as far as offense
0: goes. Yeah. Well, speaking of the A's offense, um, it has been great, but I'm talking about Mason Miller Tuesday night. I was there. Kyle was there too. Working though, but you did get yeah. to watch some of Mason Miller, seven, no hit innings. Awesome from him. The rookie does it again. And, uh, even though they blew it at the end, uh love lady came in, wasn't great. Paula Comer immediately, but, um, it's still cool to see we got a a guy who could potentially be an ace. Yeah, it's definitely a fun thing with
1: Mason Miller. Yeah. He is actually felt some like elbow discomfort after this last start, so he got sent home. Uh, I believe yesterday got an MRI. Everything looked good there. Uh, should resume throwing on Friday is what I'm hearing, and they look. They said. Probably no IL time, which is good, uh, but good. we'll see how that's that good. goes. Cause that's always interesting. Yeah. That stuff. Uh, but hopefully stays healthy because he's definitely a lot of fun to watch. Uh, team reports, anything with the jets or,
0: I don't have anything for the, Raiders, uh, so. Randall Cobbs officially signed and Quinn and Williams, uh, were working on a contract extension, but, uh, the last report was that they were really far apart. Both parties, the jets and Quinn and Williams, but, I think that's that's just Quentin Williams being upset that the D tackle market didn't uh, rise like he thought it would. But uh, that's pretty much the only thing in the news right now for the Jets, uh, you know, roster-wise. It's going to be the Quentin yeah. Williams extension.
1: So let's go ahead and get into where's your head at. And we're going to get it started the same way we always do when it's baseball season. It's player, pitcher, rookie of the week. Starting off with player of the week, gather. who do you
0: got? Lord's Gurriel, amazing week. You tell him, Kyle.
1: Yeah, the Lord came through. Uh, we'll just be saying that for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Eight for 11, four homers, five walks, and zero strikeouts. His OPS was like 2.6 or something like that, which is absolutely insane. Yeah. I think it, it's a 727 average, I'm pretty sure. Just a great week for Lord Lord's Gurriel, who came over in that Dalton Varsho trade absolutely. along with Gabriel Moreno
0: for the diamondbacks moving into pitcher of the week. Yeah. My pitcher of the week is going to be Mitch Keller of the pirates. Uh, his first start of the week was a loss to Tampa Bay, but he went five innings, only one earned run, uh, a couple more runs on, on an error, but the ERA is, is okay. Still a quality start. And then it's the complete game shutout against Colorado. That did it for me. Two great starts. And one week uh, is, is hard to do. And I know Colorado hasn't been very good, but, uh, but still, the complete game shutout is uh, is an overlooked statistic, and uh, in, in today's game especially, so it's it's still cool. We've been getting a whole lot of them.
1: Yeah, uh, I went with Shane McClanahan as my my guy. He's been probably the best pitcher in the MLB so far this year. I would think he's seven o seven and oh now or something like that. Uh, but he had two starts of this past week. Twelve innings pitched, one earned run, sixteen strikeouts over those twelve innings. Those are starts against, I believe, the Yankees and the... No, I don't think it was the Yankees, actually. I forget who they played before that, but uh, somebody and also the Orioles yesterday. So, some solid teams there. Uh, Jim McClanahan, probably going to be the Cy Young if we were to end the season right now.
0: Rookie of the Week. That's Ruiz, Kyle. 370 average, four extra base hits, and six stolen bases. That's everything and more you could ask from a guy like Esther ruiz He's really settled in man.
1: Yeah. I, I've been super pumped up with how good us has been. And he's my rookie of the week as well, too. He, uh, 10 for 27, the four RBIs, one triple in there as well, too. And then also having six stolen bases. That's really been the kicker for him, of course. Uh, but absolutely amazing for us so far. And I, uh, I know you're pumped up. But I'm pumped up about it. Yeah. All right. Let's go ahead and get into our actual storylines for this week. And we are starting it off by talking about the New York baseball, New York state of baseball. How about that? A little play on words from the oh, song yeah. there. Uh, Yankees are in last place. Grant. They are above 500 at 19 and 17. Uh, and then the Mets are not above they're not, no, they are they, not well they're in second place in their division, but they're yes. not above five hundred. Uh, at seventeen and eighteen right now. There's been a lot of injuries with this teams, these teams. We will say that if you just go back and look at the Yankees lineups within the last like couple weeks, you'll see why they haven't been so good. Uh Aaron Judge is back today, so that's a start for them. Will we see these two New York teams kind of snap out of it? Or is it just gonna be a rough year for both these teams?
0: I'll start off with the Mets because they're severely underperforming this year. Like you said, not even at 500 yet. Uh, bottom 10 in homers, average hits, ERA. But the thing is, there's there's still some room to grow for the Mets. They've been so terrible and so injured that I think it's possible to grow from this. On the other hand, the Yankees, very similar numbers, but they're in the best division in baseball. That's going to be a lot harder. John Boy, giant Yankees insider and fan it says he doesn't think Rodon's even going to pitch this season. Uh, like you said, judge is back today and he's likely going to be great when he settled in, but I like the Mets chances of growth a little more.
1: Yeah, it's, it, it's pretty interesting when you look at these two teams and kind of the situations with what's going on and how they could grow and kind of get into those, those wild card or even divisional spots. I think it's obviously divisions still, a possibility with how early it is in the season. Yeah. Uh, but in the AL East, it looks a lot, whole lot tougher to come back because Tampa Bay Rays only have seven losses right now. And we're we're starting to get to the point where it's mid-May. So I think the division in the AL East is probably something that you're not going to be able to get. And the wild card in the AL is just so tough, too, with with all the teams in the ALE specifically that are really, really good. And the Yankees are going to obviously have to be playing those teams the most, even with this change in schedule this year, because of those are divisional teams. You're still playing them 12 to 15 times in a year. Uh, So when it comes down to it, I like the Mets chances. Uh, a bit better. Justin Verlander's is just now coming back. Scherzer has been very skeptical, but I think he, he's definitely going to end up locking in at some point. I think we're going to see some, uh, Pete Alonso coming back a little bit better at this point. He, yeah. he started off the season really hot, but it's kind of since slowed down Lindor Has not been the greatest Starling Marte hasn't been the greatest. And I think I just have a bit more trust in, in the Mets team, turning it around and getting the playoffs. But I'll just say this now. I don't think both these teams make the playoffs with how these it's looking right now for both these squads. Uh but one of them I could definitely see turning around. Moving into the NL West. So going to the West Coast here, we're talking the Padres and the D backs, who have been two pretty solid teams so far, obviously. Uh probably overachieving for the Diamondbacks and still kind of underachieving for the Padres with the Padres being 18 and 17 and the Z-backs uh-huh. being 20 and 15. But the Dodgers, the Dodgers are always going to be there in the NL West and, and they're currently holding a half game lead over Arizona and a two and a half game lead over San Diego. Are we going to see the Padres and the Diamondbacks keeping up with the Dodgers and hanging around, or is this just going to be what we've seen in years past where the Dodgers just run away with this thing by the time we get to mid-September?
0: San Diego always plays them tough. They have this year too, so far. And uh, there's another series this weekend in LA that'll tell us a whole lot more about San Diego. So we'll move on to Arizona who I kind of, uh, kind of dissed this season. I didn't think they'd be ready. And They've been playing them even tougher than San Diego has, uh, even winning a series, uh, putting up an insane amount of runs. I don't think this thing's over. I'm not going to bet on the Dodgers and their ridiculous lineup resurgence that they somehow always find. But this division is going to go down to the wire. I think it'll probably end up being like a six or
1: seven game game divisional win for the dodgers because mm-hmm. they just always turn it on once we get to june or july and what we've seen with the padres over these last few years is it kind of just i don't know it just never really clicks until obviously we got into october last year where it started to click with them and, and and doing well and uh getting to the nlcs and even beating the dodgers but they never really clicked in the regular season where you're like oh yeah this team is a team that's going to win 100 games mm-hmm. and Diamondbacks, as much as I love them, the bullpen struggles so much, and it's very tough to beat them. But they they give you right back into the game, especially these past few days with how they've been been pitching it out, out of the back end of the bullpen specifically. It's it's been a struggle there. So I think the Diamondbacks and the Padres will probably stay relatively close as far as record goes. I They'll think be we competing could probably for see, a wild card spot. Yeah, I think both yeah. these teams could definitely end up making the playoffs, but I think the Dodgers. Win this division kind of comfortably at a six or seven game victory.
0: Even six games with a month ago can be scary.
1: Yeah, that's true. You know, a three game lead with three days left when you're playing the same team is kind of tough. Just tell the 2012 Rangers. Uh moving on Mostly. to the Tampa Bay Rays, who are twenty nine and seven, like we were talking about. They're currently on pace for 130 wins, which obviously seems a bit much. But we'll just go down to 116, 117. Is that a possibility for the Rays to either tie or break this regular season record, or are we just gonna see them come down to earth here at some point?
0: No. If if you are unfamiliar with this record, it's what 116 was it? Yeah. 116 from the 01 Mariners, Ichiro MVP. A Rod would win an MVP later on. Edgar Martinez, Randy Johnson. Ken Griffey Jr. I I just I, I can't I can't say that Tampa Bay is gonna repeat what that team did. I can't. The one thing though, nineteen and three at home is very unusual, especially for a team trying to move. So if if that is gonna stick around, that'll keep them afloat. Well, you know, Glasnow, Clevenger, Fairbanks are, are gonna be out for this month, likely. Uh and there's there's obviously a lot more that are hurt too. I just I I can't do it. You know, McClanahan can't pitch every day.
1: Yeah, I think so. Looking at their, you know, next month schedule, this is kind of how it goes. So they're playing uh, Baltimore right now. Beat them yesterday. They're actually losing right now. uh, And they play them tomorrow as well, too. They have four in the Bronx with the Yankees. That's a big series, of course, for the Yanks. Kind of more than the Rays now at this point. Uh, Then they play four in uh queens so another new york team then they go home have a 10 game homestand where they bring in the brewers the blue jays and the dodgers so pretty tough homestand that's tough. there that's a, that's a, some good games yeah and then after that they end may with the cubs play the red sox the beginning in june play the twins and then the rangers after that before heading to oakland and taking on the a's but that's a very tough you know 20 30 Game stretch right there, and if you end up staying on the pace, uh, this pace right now where you're on that 130 yeah. win pace is, I don't think sustainable. You know that you it's mm. not it's not going to happen. We're not win 130 games, but if you get to that point in in the season and you're still at that like 120 win pace or so, I think it's definitely something that is going to start getting a lot more national tension, and the Rays like you you said you know obviously you went back to that that yeah. team with the uh, ichiro and
0: they got some dudes. Uh,
1: Ken Griffey Jr yeah. and all those guys on those teams that were superstars i mean these guys might not be superstars on this team but they got a ton of studs and it's 1 through 26 the 26 man on this roster is the best twenty-six man we have probably ever seen on a roster, and I'm not—I am not sure exactly who that twenty-six man is, but every single person on this team is contributing. Just I'll just go through the position players right now: Bethancourt, Mejia, Yandy Diaz, who's playing like an MVP. Wander Franco is playing like an MVP. Brian allow a ton of clutch home runs. Yeah. Isaac Paredes, who just hit a walk-off home run a couple days—or not home run, walk-off base hit a couple of days ago. Uh, Taylor Walls, who had a five-for-five game earlier yeah. this year randy rosarena josh lau manuel mongo luke Rayleigh, who's been hitting nukes jose siri who's a super electric player and harold ramirez that's that's their entire
0: position player squad and they're all above league average
1: yeah they're all studs they all run fast they hit the ball hard they walk a lot they don't strike out a ton and the bullpen like Again, you look at it, and there's not a lot of like names that you might know. But if you look at their stats and what they're doing, it's it looks sustainable from what's going on. And I want to say, I I it's so tough to say yes to this because it's such a crazy thing to say. (laughs) But I'll say one sixteen. I say they tie it. That'd be nuts. And then losing the ALDS because that's how things go. Yeah. Moving on though to the AL West. Uh, It's been a crazy AL West, except for the A's, unfortunately. Uh, But one through four is within four and a half games of one another. We have Texas at 21 and 13 sitting up top of the division. The Angels of Shohei and Mike Trout sitting at 20 and 16 in second. And then a few games behind them is Houston and Seattle, both at 17 and 18 is this division going to stay close? Or are we going to see the Rangers run away with it? Are we going to see the Astros, the reigning champs come back and go for it? Are we going to see, you know, Seattle or the Angels run away with it? Or are we seeing the A's come back and win in this division? Just kidding uh, on that one. But is this going to be this close? or are we going to see a team pull away?
0: I expect the Angels to be the first team to trail off. I think I scared you for a second there. <laughs> I started with the Angels. Uh, but Houston's been terrible too. and We talk about them every week, so I, I don't need to explain what's wrong with them. We know what's wrong with them. They they haven't been able to replace their aging stars, um, but it, it's a great start for Texas. They're hot, and Seattle's still in it too. I expect those two to go down to the final week, and that's about it at this point. Yes, I mean... You look at things and it
1: just doesn't seem sustainable for a few of these teams. And I, I've never been a huge fan of the angels uh, as far as sticking late around. Cause things just never go right with them. Texas has surprised me. And I've never, I haven't been a huge fan of the Mariners just because of what their lineup is. I know their pitching is really, really good, but I haven't been a huge fan of how they, they use their lineup. Uh, I think Houston's going to have to figure it out. I think that's just kind of how things go for them, but yeah, I mean, I think it's going to stay relatively close with them in Texas pretty much for, for a little while. I think, uh, Houston probably won't get to the point where they're winning a hundred games this year, but you know, if we're looking at 95, 94 wins, 96, like
0: it could win the division. Yeah.
1: That's definitely something that, you know, Texas can stick around with. That's going to do it for the first half. Let's go ahead and send to the second half. We're talking NBA playoffs.
0: Yes, sir. Uh, so I guess, uh, I'll do some NBA stuff for you now. Um, second round, we're getting to it. None of the series are over yet, but uh, like I said, we're getting down to it. So let's just jump right in with the Warriors. Warriors, unfortunately, lost last night. Steph Curry and Clay couldn't hit the the shots at the end of the game, and, um, and they lost by three. So the Lakers lead 3-1, and as of right now, I, I had the Lakers winning in six. I think the Warriors are going to steal one. And uh, well, I guess that's not really stealing. Winning it when in San Francisco, am I right? But um, I, I just—I've I, lost belief. I—I I was just telling Kyle before we did this. This Warriors team this season, I can't pick them to win three in a row. So I'm sorry. I'm still rooting for him, but Lakers and six.
1: I know it doesn't look good right now. It really does not look good. But I cannot pick against this Warriors team just because I've seen them do it before. And you look at this team and you look at how bad they've played in these first four games. You realize if they just play their game, play not even play great. They just got to play normal. Shoot. Save 35% from three. Jordan pool has some input offensively and defensively. And we just don't turn over the ball like crazy. We're going to win game five. Game six is going to be the toughest game. There is because it's, it's in LA and we historically shoot bad against the Lakers, even mm-hmm. though we shoot fine against the Clippers for some reason. I'm I'm taking the dubs, man. I think we got that game six magic with clay, and I know it's all game six clay is not actually a real thing. It's just a coincidence. <laughs> I don't care. It feels real. I want it to be real, and so it is real. Game seven, after that, Draymond's dropping thirty-five. <laughs> uh, just kidding, but I think we'll be fine. Game seven stuff is in there. Uh, so give me the dubs in seven, man.
0: I hope you're right. Well, I am right. The other Western conference game matchup series, whatever you want to call it. Two, two Denver and Phoenix, Phoenix won the last game. Jokic had 53, but Landry Shaman did not care. Amazing. Second half for him. Um, And some say the series hasn't even started yet because it's only been home teams winning. Uh, And slightly because of that, I'm going to take Denver in seven. It's hard to say right now because it's been like two different series, uh, you know, a different series in Phoenix than it was in Denver. And, um, and I think Denver's a better team. And after, after what I originally had Phoenix when we started this, but after watching Denver and their, their first series and a half, I think they're the best team in the West.
1: Yeah, I, uh, I I'm a big believer in kind of what you said as far as yeah. uh the series isn't over until the road team wins the game. Or the series doesn't start until yeah, the yeah. road team wins the game. And I honestly don't even think we're gonna see that this series. I think I think Denver wins game five, they lose game six, and they win in seven. And I think that's exactly how it's gonna go. And then it'll be I guess I guess the dubs versus the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals, which would be tough, but uh, right. I'm, I'm taking Nuggets in seven.
0: To the Eastern Conference, Boston and Philly. Series also tied two to two, and game five in Boston happening right now. Almost halftime, Philly's up by nine, uh, but I'm still going to take Boston in seven. I have been... On Boston, since the playoff started, I, I'm not changing. I think they're the most consistent team in the East right now. And we'll, we'll you know, talk about Miami in a second here. But uh, even if they lose this game at home, I think I'm still sticking with Boston in seven. It's hard to stop that many great scores. This
1: series has been very, very interesting because you can't really see a trend in it. Every yeah. game has gone what well, went Sixers Celtic Celtic Sixers. And when it went like that, I don't know. It just feels so like such a toss up with the series. However, I've been such a big believer of Boston for over a year now at this point mm-hmm. that I'm picking them because I, I want to see Jason Tatum and I want to see Jalen Brown win. And I think even though Jason Tatum has been terrible uh, as far as scoring goes in this series, I think he's going to figure it out at some point. And, uh, I mean, I know Embiid and Harden's been so hard to stop. Harden, especially with how good he's been in the series. If he plays, you know, the way that he's been playing through one through four, they're probably going to end up winning the series. However, I think they're going to slow him down at some point. Boston takes over and then win the series in seven.
0: All right. The last Eastern Conference game. It's Miami and the New York Knicks. Miami's got the 3-1 series lead heading back to New York tomorrow night. And I got I got Miami in 6. I, I again it's it's hard to pick against the Knicks at home even though they've been having some controversy. Um but Miami should have no problem. It's just it's it's so unfortunate for the Knicks that they decide to completely implode after they're in the second round of the playoffs and have a legit chance to win the title. You know, Julius Randle it looked like he was figuring himself out last game, and then fouls out during a very important part of the comeback. And uh, I can't pick the Knicks after watching that. Heat in five. That's all I got. Okay. (laughs) Well, that's (laughs) halftime.
1: Moving in to the second half. Now and we're going to started our positional rankings that we've done. I didn't think I don't think we got through all of it last year, but we did about five or six positions before something came up and we ended up going a different way from it. Yeah. Uh, but we're just going back to catchers. Our top 10 catchers in the MLB. Do you have any honorable mentions that you want to talk about before we, we get into it?
0: Well, there's one guy I know we, we both took off the list, Salvador Perez. Um, he's, he's a top catcher in the league, but, um, not so much catching wise it's more of the bat and that's a big reason why because the bat started to slow down and that's an issue
1: yeah his bat is interesting too because he is a very like low walk rate high strikeouts but yeah. he'll hit home runs type guy and you know that's valuable and it looks cool and stuff when you're hitting 40 homers like you did a couple years ago but i think even back then I don't think he was a top five catcher in the league at that point. I still think there's a lot of guys that were better than him and it's only going downhill from there. He's not the defensive catcher that people once thought that he was. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, he, he's not making my list. I do want to talk about three guys who I did not have making my list, but I think will definitely make a list uh, later on in their career. I guess four guys at, at this, if I'll be yeah. a little bit biased in here, uh, but Logan Ohoppy, Gabriel Moreno, Francisco Alvarez, and Shea Langoliers as well, too, are four guys who will be on this list at some point in their career. As of right now, I just need to see full seasons from them. And I know Shea, we're starting to get to that point where we're seeing about a half a season total with him. All hobbies hurt, Moreno not much, and Francisco Alvarez not getting consistent playing time. But these guys, once we get a year and a half to their staying, to their just playing time and stuff like that. I think we'll, we'll definitely be putting these guys on the list, but just, just not quite yet. Yeah. Starting off number 10.
0: Yeah. Well, I do have Gabriel Moreno on my list. He made it at number 10 and um, yeah, it was really close, but uh, it's another thing Kyle and I were talking about right before I I said, I think there's only about 14 catchers that play every day that I trust. And Gabriel Moreno is one of them. And he can also hit really well. And uh, I, it, it would be nice to see a full season of hitting, like you said, but I mean, we're like uh, almost a mid may. He's still over 300. He's still playing almost every day. So he makes the list barely.
1: Yeah. I like Moreno a ton. However, I just don't, I don't know. I'm just not r- quite ready to put him on this list. However, mm-hmm. uh, the guy that I went with at 10 is going to be Tyler Stevenson. He, uh, is a very different catcher than Salvador Perez, even though he kind of puts up the same kind of WRC type numbers. Yeah. Cause he's the high batting average. He strikes out a bit less. He does strike out quite a bit. He walks a bit more, not a ton, Uh, but he's, he's the contact first type catcher instead of that, that power first. And he's, he's, you know, not the greatest defensive catcher, but he's not the worst either. He, he's middle of the tier or middle of the pack, but I, I value a lot being able to get on base. Uh, Sounds so stupid because we're A's fans. But uh, Tyler Stevenson at 10. just makes Probably should
0: have mentioned him. I uh, Because of the injury, I didn't have him on the list.
1: Moving on to number nine.
0: Yeah, that, that nod's going to go to Christian Betancourt, former A, now on Tampa Bay, uh, not completely qualified at catcher. But when he does play catcher, I mean, I was looking at some of the baseball savant stats in most of the advanced Defensive metrics. He's either one or two. That's not something you can ignore because he also hits pretty well too. So he's number nine.
1: Number nine for me, I went with Cal Raleigh. Uh, I think this is a guy you probably left off your list, but I'm a big fan of Cal Raleigh as far as getting bang for your buck because he's a great defensive catcher and he's a guy who's going to probably hit a good amount of home runs for you. Uh, well being a switch hitter who I unfortunately does strike out a bit, but he still has, you know, a decent walk rate when it comes to it, not quite in the double digits, but it's, it's higher than average is what I'd say, or just right around there. So Cal Raleigh is a Salvador Perez who plays good defense and walks more than him. So it's exactly why Cal Raleigh is better than him. And he falls into number nine on my list.
0: Number eight, Alejandro Kirk, uh, Fallen a little bit further than he probably should. And uh, I'll explain more when we get there. All-star last season kind of came out of nowhere and he's still doing it. So it's no disrespect. He just happens to fall at number eight for this exercise. Number eight for me is going to be where I put
1: Kristen Beth, Beth He is a stat cast monster. If you look at like, you know, hard hit stuff like that. Max, velo, he's completely up there for this stuff. Unfortunately, he does strike out a ton and he, walks not at all uh but his defense and his power is something that's got to go completely noticed because he is one of the strong strongest throwing arms in the league i'm pretty sure i think him and jt romito right up at the top as far as pop time goes uh he's a great defensive catcher so uh beth and eight uh yeah moving on to number seven
0: wilson Contreras the first of the Contreras brothers to be on the list, by the way, this is the Braves one. Um, Some controversy this year, almost got a a, a Cardinals. Cardinals, Sorry. Oh, you said Wilson. Yeah. 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 Wilson. Wilson's lower. He's, he's on the Cardinals. Uh, Some talk about possibly being benched, but I don't believe it. He's still top 10 in every single category you could you'd want. So he makes, he makes the list.
1: Number seven for me is William Contreras. Wilson Contreras actually did not make my list. I think with what's going on with him and you know maybe not being a catcher anymore, I said, okay, you're not a catcher. Well, not on your list. Uh, but number That's seven, fair. William Contreras, he has a 132 WRC plus over these past two years, which is pretty much the top as far as uh, qualified catchers go. Sean Murphy's also at 132, same thing with Full Smith. Uh, and actually, I guess Carlos Perez, if you do minimum 50... Uh plate appearances is right above him, but Fellas Perez not nearly enough time in the league. Uh William Contreras, though, so solid bat, solid defense, good catcher, all-around player. Mm-hmm. So uh give me him at seven. Moving on to number six.
0: Number six is where I have William Contreras. And uh we know he could also always rake but now he's also playing some great defense behind the dish and uh, a lot of that's credit to the brewers and foolish baseball
1: number six for me is going to be where i put alejandro kirk he is one of the best bats when it comes to catchers go very low strikeout rate high walk rate when it comes to it uh He's a, he's a great blocker. I'll give him that. He's not the greatest all-around defensive catcher, but he's a really good blocker when it comes down to it and one of the best all-around bats at, at the catcher position. So I like Kirk. You know, might not be the most aesthetically pleasing guy to watch play yeah. baseball, but he uh he's all torso, man. Uh, number <laughs> six, Alejandro Kirk.
0: Number five. Jonah Heim of the Rangers, Kyle. It's so sad to see this guy. Doing so well for a rival, but I'm also happy for him because we knew he had this potential. He's putting it all to work now. He's the best blocker in baseball, and he's ranking right now, too.
1: Yeah, uh, we were talking about this before where we have one through four who I kind of feel like are locks. You can kind of arrange them in whatever way that you want to. But the top four should be the top four. And I think the number five spot with Jonah Heim is kind of starting to get there, too. Like we were talking about, we didn't say the name but we said the consistency from last year to going to this year is kind of showing us that it's not a fluke from last year. And then this dude's a stud. And so Jonah Hines, my number five guy as well too. Uh strikeout rate is solid. It's below 20% and the walk rate isn't crazy, but still at 9%, which is pretty solid for these guys. Uh, he's a great defensive catcher and he has a ton of power. So Jonah Hines at the five spot, I think should be a lock for a lot of these guys, unless you're, you know, a biased guy from Canada if you wanted to put, a lot of the haircut. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, I guess so. Number four. Yeah, uh, like you said, the top four is where we get into the amazing athletes. And the first one of those guys, Will Smith, probably the, the least athletic out of this group, but he still rakes and uh, he plays every day, man. Of course, Will Smith's top four.
1: Yeah, I, I put Will Smith at number four as well, too, because his defense doesn't jump out of the charts compared to these other three guys. Uh, his bat is kind of around the same as these other guys. So if you have a, you know, a little bit less defense than them, but you're on the same bat, you're going to be lower. Uh, number four, though, Will Smith. Yeah, yeah. Moving into our top three now. Before we get into the top three, I want to ask you this question, Skyler. Yeah. Do you think any of these three guys, or I guess I you can have Will Smith in here too if you want, do you think any of these guys are superstars? Because the, the definition of superstar is a little 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 gray we'll say that
0: man well uh, let me talk about my number 3 and maybe that'll that'll help because gotcha. my number 3 guy i have adley rushman right now i think mm-hmm. he has the serious potential to become a superstar and it's it's looking like it's going to happen i'm just i just can't do it yet we got to have another full season uh, but he, he he's looking like like that dude already and um, and he definitely has a chance to be a superstar. But I, I wouldn't quite put Real Muto in that category yet, I guess. I think it's
1: it's pretty interesting. Uh, I'd say Atlee has that potential to be yeah. a superstar. And I I put him at number three, too. Uh, kind of just in the respect to Real Muto and Murphy right now. with what they're yeah. doing and what they did in years past to kind of... You know, Atlee's amazing. But he's just not quite there yet. Mm. Even though I think everybody... Would if you're picking a catcher to start a team with, it's Atley for you know 100, 99 out of 100 guys, uh, except for that one Canadian who still wants Except skirt. for the Cardinals. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, Atley at number three, man. And even from last year to this year, we're starting to see even more improvements. He he has more walks and strikeouts at this point of the season. His walk rate, I believe, is the highest out of any qualified catcher, and that strikeout rate obviously is pretty low for him. You know, walking more than striking out. Uh, He's a great defensive catcher. He's a great hitter besides that walk rate and strikeout rate. And he just, as a leader too. I mean, this guy is the 2020s Buster Posey, is what he just screams to me to say. I don't know if you'll All get right. that MVP. I think nowadays it's a lot tougher to win AL MVP because there's a guy named Shohei Ohtani. Maybe if Ohtani's a Dodger next year, it gets a little interesting. That'll be fun when we also do a top ten two way players because
0: uh, in hundred years,
1: just, <laughs> uh, Hunter Green at number two, but uh, sorry got off topic there at probably won't win an MVP I think it might be tough especially if Otani stays in the AL uh, and he's not going to be putting up numbers where he's hitting you know 45 homers I don't think anything like that but he'll hit 300 but probably have 25 to 35 homers and he'll lead the Orioles to probably a ring or two of these next you know 10 to 15 years if he stays in Baltimore and things go right over there so at number three but it shouldn't be long until we put him at number one and he stays in that number one spot for another, you know, seven to eight years.
0: Number two, Sean Murphy from the Braves. I understand if you put him number one, it's fine. I just feel like real Muto doesn't deserve to be dropped yet. Even though Sean Murphy has been the best catcher in baseball this year. And, um, you know we always knew he was he was a great defender but he's finally putting it all together uh, again we knew he had the power now he's doing it in clutch situations uh it's just it's cool that Sean Murphy's awesome he's my number 2 catcher
1: yeah these two dudes one and two even three i think if you want to order them any way that you want that's yeah. completely okay. If you want to put Atlee one, that's fine. If you mm-hmm. want to put Murphy one, that's fine. If you want to put Romuto one, that's also fine. I put Romuto two just because I think what Murph is doing right now is kind of something we haven't seen from a catcher in, in, in quite a long time. But JT Romuto is, is about as solid as it goes, and there's five tools it comes. For a catcher, because he's got the speed that not anybody has at that position, where he's stealing over 20 bags a season. He's got the power where he's able to hit over 20 homers a season. He's got the contact ability where he's hitting 270, 280 uh, throughout that time. He's got the ability to have an absolute cannon because he has the best pop time in the entire MLB, mm-hmm. and he's a great blocker and framer. He's the top, you know, two guy when it comes to blocking and framing. He's up there as well too. So, JT Romuto, the full package when it comes to the catcher, uh, he's an absolute stud. So, give me JT at two. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's no disrespect because, like I said earlier, one through three is any order that you want. But four is four and five is five. We know that. Yes. Uh, yes. We number do. one,
0: I have Real Muto. Uh, just like you said, I, I have no problems with Sean Murphy being number one. He's definitely knocking on the door. And what's so great about Rio Muto is that shouldn't bug him, and it won't bug him because he's so good. He does everything at the top of his position. Other, I guess other than power this year. Some guys have surpassed him. But um, Rio Muto for the rest of his career, should be in the top five.
1: Yeah. I see that. Uh, number one though for me, Sean Murphy, this dude is just absolutely amazing right now. OPS over a thousand, WRC plus at 180. Pop time, amazing, blocking, amazing, framing, amazing, throwing, amazing. like he just does everything right as a catcher, and he's absolutely raking right now. and i I'm a big, you know, three outcomes guy. If you are able to walk a lot, strike out less and hit a ton of homers, that means you are an absolute stud to me. And Sean Murphy has been doing that this year. He was doing it last year. He's been doing it his entire career where he just has the ability to nuke balls. He's super patient at the plate and he's striking out less and less as his career is going along. It's all about fit. So man, I hate doing this because I wish he was an A because he, man, if, I mean, if imagine if we up, ranked
0: the top 20 hitters of the season. It'd be I, half A's.
1: Imagine if we ranked the top non A's players that were on the A's right now. It would just be the top 20 players in the MLB. That's the crazy part. Plus, <laughs> uh, Judge and Shohei. Who was drafted by the A's.
0: You're right. He doesn't count then.
1: <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, I think Murphy, if he puts his season up again, if he stays to this. You know, terrain the entire year. Yeah. He's a superstar.
0: I guess, you, I guess he'd be the next guy, right?
1: Do you consider Austin Riley a superstar? Uh,
0: I should probably, but when I'm, we talk about him, I don't.
1: I think it's really interesting because the, the, like we were talking about, the, the definition of superstar is kind of, kind of blurry. Yeah. And I think when you look at superstar, people really just look at the five tools and, you know, if you have the ability to be a five tool guy and do it well,
0: like then, Julio Rodriguez would be
1: then. Yeah. Yeah. People's you could be first example. That. Yeah. Uh, those like glazing prospects who are just like, Oh my gosh, this guy has the ability to do everything. Right. And I know for catchers, you know, you're not going to get that too often. Uh, Vermito, is interesting because I don't think he gets looked at it that way. But Atley's really the only one that has that, you know, look of him to it. So sure. I want to say Murphy gets there, but it's just so tough to get that in the public eye when you're not doing it as you know a guy who's doing 40 bags and hitting 40 homers. But uh yeah, I love Murph. He's number one right now.
0: All right.
1: First baseman's next week though, should be fun as well, too. Because there's, there's a lot of first basemen breaking out this year. Yandy, uh, <clears throat> Diaz. Will uh, Pascantino
0: make the list?
1: Pascantino should be on the list, I think. Definitely should be. Uh, but, yeah, let's go ahead and get into our layups and bowl predictions. And let's get on out of here. And I'm already pumped for 140. That's going to be fun. Yeah. All right. Last week, pretty good week for me and Skyler. I had the Padres over the Cincinnati Reds on Wednesday. That did happen. Skyler had Atlanta over Baltimore on Saturday. That also did happen. This week, I have Detroit over Cleveland on Wednesday. That is an E-Rod start. And as Skyler knows, E-Rod has been yeah. absolutely balling so far this year. Uh, and that is also a Peyton Battenfield start for the uh, wow. Guardians. Wow. I mean, he's been decent, but he sounds like a bum. Just your name. and I know when you watch him pitch, he's not that bad, but he just has the name of a guy who should be in
0: AAA. Name so, of a guy who you be face in the franchise. And then we'll be the show. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, also some baseball. A Saturday day game. I got Miami. The Marlins over. The Cincinnati Reds. Uh, it's a Sandy start. Sandy against uh, Nick Lodolo. Should be a pretty good one, even though Lodolo's been struggling. But uh, I give be Sandy.
1: Moving on to our bold predictions, where I got mine right last week, and that was the A's winning their first series of the year up against the Kansas City Royals. I'm so happy that got was true because it just didn't seem like it was going to happen yeah. for a long time. And then Skyler had the A's winning on last Tuesday night. Looked good. For most of the day, I was watching some of the game with Skylar, uh, but it didn't end up happening because AJ Pollock ruined our dreams and then our bullpen killed us. And Uh, we got kicked
0: out of our fake seats (laughs) twice. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Uh, And then this week, Mm. I have Schwarbaum on Wednesday. I forget who that exactly is. I just had it up and I forgot about it. let me pull it up but the guy who he's facing i think it's kevin gosman that's who it is okay gone three for eight with three homers
0: wow against so give wow. me
1: shore bomb tomorrow okay and uh side bold prediction the dubs win the series
0: respect because, uh, <laughs> my bold prediction give me some more baseball friday night uh toronto is hosting the Braves, and I'm going with the Blue Jays. It's Chris Bassett on the mound against an undecided pitcher, probably going to be that six-starter swing type guy. So uh, if there's ever a chance to pick against the Braves, how about them on the road in a different country with a pitcher they don't know yet? Right, Those are some pretty good odds. (laughs) Of course. That's going to do
1: it, though, for episode 139, like we were talking about earlier can't wait for 140 already should be a lot of fun and i guess we'll just see you then
0: go warriors go ways who else river uh, cats?
1: no give <laughs> her for the river cats go, go i'm A-V-t- talking about alex
0: you know i'm talking about uh go aviators
1: just let the aviators go Lansing Lug Nuts, that's a good one. Yeah, Midland yeah, yeah. Rock who uh-huh. turned a triple play and were on ESPN's top 10 a couple days ago. Nice. That was pretty hype. Uh Darnell Hornais, who has been raking the A's in double A so far. Future shortstop 21. We got ourselves a shortstop. Let's freaking go, dude. <laughs> that should be <laughs> did the A's oh, yeah. get themselves the shortstop of the future.
0: That's the locked on A's podcast. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that's that's all I have. Yeah, that's all I got too. All right, let's go to sleep. See you next week.